0: Curious. You would make an excellent Cephalon, Tenno.
1: Welcome to Cephalon Squared, a Warframe community and podcast. Find out how to join the collective by heading over to our website at cephalonsquared.com. Now, here are your Cephalons, Greg and Lucas. G'day Cephalon Collective and welcome to episode 64 of Cephalon Squared. I am your host Cephalon Greg. I'm joined as always by Cephalon Lucas. How are you doing sir?
0: Great. I'm doing good today.
1: Yay. It's
0: been a good day. Feeling
1: good. Great and good and excellent. That is wonderful. It's going to be a Frickin' packed episode, so let's crack straight on into the, the weathercast. How's the weather up in Ipswich?
0: Weathercast in Ipswich currently, it is 22 degrees Celsius with a 68% humidity at 7pm on a Sunday evening.
1: Mm. Does that make, like, your, your nipples sweaty?
0: A little bit. no thought bit. So. It, it is It is humid. It's not comfortable.
1: Yeah. 71 degrees Fahrenheit for you Fahrenheit crazies. And down here in Melbourne town, it is 16 degrees Celsius, 60 degrees Fahrenheit, and 88% humidity. So, although it's not as uh, warm as it is up north, it's still
0: kind of sticky and shitty. So, eh, Oh well. I'm not looking forward to tomorrow. What's tomorrow? Really not. It's going to be 40 degrees tomorrow. What the fuck? It's only spring. It's going to be 40 degrees tomorrow. It shouldn't be. For- <laughs> what? Yeah, that's nuts.
1: Yeah. In Ipswich. So, like yeah. Basically, downtown Brisbane. I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. All right. So, yeah, to you Americans out there, it's Brisbane, not Brisbane. <laughs> and Melbourne, not Melbourne. Anyway, just throwing that out there. Wasting time, though. Big episode. Big, Busty. chunky one. What would you get up to in Warframe or gaming this week, Lucas? Um,
0: Warframe has actually been a bit neglected this week, unfortunately. So, yes, it has. Um yes. so I've uh, it's been a bit of a rough week for me so I've just kind of been playing little bits here and there of other games um I did download a game I'm going to check out and maybe make some videos for called Minute Ooh. um that looks it, it's a it's a bit of an RPG um where your adventures only last for 1 minute long so you've got to get as much done in that minute before you refresh <laughs> the day so it's like groundhog day the game in 1 minute <laughs> interesting um, and apart from that, just a bit of, uh, Dauntless here and there. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. It
1: has been, it was one of those weeks. So for me, it was, it was crazy friggin' busy. Uh, I didn't get a chance to stream on Friday because I was just fricking all over the shop and it wasn't, it, it wasn't ideal. And then Friday, Saturday, I wasn't around and Lucas was unable to stream So we just didn't stream over the weekend, and that really meant that I didn't really play much Warframe at all this week. Uh, Instead, I played a shitload of Destiny because Shadowkeep came out on Tuesday, uh, Wednesday here in Australia. So I've been smashing through a fair bit of that, enjoying it. It's lots of fun. I'm just trying to figure out how to slot it into my busy schedule because I need to, of course, make sure that Warframe is looked after on Fridays and Saturdays. And it doesn't leave me much, much time, but that's a Greg problem. Not an anyone else problem, so it's all good. We'll figure it out. Destiny 2 is worth playing, I reckon. Go give it a shot. Shall we do the news? Right.
0: The news. We shall. We shall do the news. Shall That's I start? Right. Yeah, go on. All right. Uh, and an awesome documentary from GameSpot is now available on YouTube. It has a very nice look at behind the scenes of TennoCon with a few other interesting uh, tidbits that was talked about. So that is awesome. Definitely check it out. It's a half an hour video. Well worth the time.
1: Indeed, and friend of the show, Gallian makes a, an appearance. Appearance? Yeah, appearance, oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> New words, making them up. Why not? Someone's got a D E DE has directly addressed the concern around mod drop chance boosters, if I can spit it out. Um, so basically, what they've said and reading between the lines is, at the moment, the only way to buy it will be if you buy it in the accessories pack, which has everything else that's always in the accessories pack and just has this seven-day booster as a little bonus. You can also acquire it in game in a couple of different ways. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be available in the store. So I think all they're doing at the moment is testing it to see how it affects the game and then they might make some changes or they might add it to the store. So they're looking at what, what it does and whether or not it's worth it. Uh, and at the same time, I think, and I think maybe as an effort to give something back, they decided to revoke the recent changes to loot frames. So it used to be that you could double up your chances with say, a a Pilfering Hydroid and a Pilfering Korra and a Necros, and you could get as much loot as you possibly could by using everyone's abilities. And then they removed that so that only one of the abilities would work, i.e. they would not stack. They're going to go back on that change, which is only a couple of months old, and reinstate ability stacking. So I, for one, am happy about this because you know, it's fun. I like to ability stack. I think it would be better to add more abilities in the game or augment mods that will add that so that there's more choice. Because I thought there's some people out there complaining that, hey, if the only three choices are Korra, Hydroid, and Necros, then it's not much of a choice. And I can agree with that. But let's go on out there and add some more augments. I really think because Necros has loot as an actual ability, I think they should make him the strongest and leave him the strongest. But you know, whatever. That's just my thoughts. What do you think, Lucas?
0: Um, see, I'm I'm kind of on the fence. Like I like I think that it should not have been removed because it was a mechanic that was always in the game, and you know a lot of people Hmm. kicked up a stink about it. But at the same time, looking at where DE's coming from, I can understand on a designing uh, perspective that it doesn't make for great gameplay.
1: I think it doesn't make for
0: great choice. Yeah. Yeah. It limits your choices
1: when you're farming,
0: definitely. But it, it, it is, it is a, a, a good mechanic.
1: Yeah, and that's why I'm saying they should add more augments that, that yeah. enables looting. Yeah. Let us choose yeah. more. But anyway, I don't know whether it's enough. We'll see, I guess. We'll have to wait until the end of this Prime access to see what they decide to do. Speaking
0: of which, Atlas Prime is now out on all platforms. Yay! What a blindingly good segue. Blindingly good segue.
1: Yeah. Blindingly good. That was amazing. (laughs) And something else that's now out on all platforms... Day of the Dead is back once again. Now, this is an annual event for Halloween, of course, or for All Souls Day or for, you know, Day of the Dead, whichever way you want to look at it. So there's a whole bunch of skins you can get. There's always been a whole bunch of skins, but this year there's also a whole bunch of new glyphs. And don't forget that you can also get the Halloween Color Picker in the market for one credit and the Dullahan, I think it's called, Pumpkin Head Mask. For one credit as well in the market. So go get it and have some fun. It's Easter.
0: It's, Easter. it's not Easter. It's fucking Halloween. Yay. Yay! Next up, Gauss has been added to the Tenogen Workshop. So now we can expect some awesome fan-made skins in the near future.
1: woo And I did see that there's some people on Twitter who are already working with him. So that would be cool. Nice. I'd like to see what people are going to do. Very nice. All right, and the last one is pretty obvious because there was a dev stream this weekend, so that's come and gone. You should check it out. We will post a link to the whole dev stream on the show notes. But, of course, today's discussion is all about that. Yeah. Do you want to do this?
0: Uh, I'll let you do
1: this. You usually do this stuff. <laughs> okay, so there we for Cephalon Squared News, we will have some new competitions starting very soon. In fact, one will start within the next couple of days, we're going to give away an Atlas prime access pack. So keep an eye on our social media channels. If you don't follow us yet on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, then now's a good time. If you are looking for a free Atlas prime access pack open to everyone on all platforms, details will be on social media. And of course we have had the winners for our September captura competition. So we will announce the next or the October, captura competition next week so keep an eye out for episode 100 100 episode 65 where'd i get 100 from
0: i have no idea <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> episode 65 and we will be uh mentioning the details for the next captura competition but get excited get pumped people yay
0: excitement all right so
1: speaking of excitement lucas cool oh boy devstream 131 has come by and and went as they mentioned it was 6 weeks since the last one i think that's the longest since the christmas break
0: yeah yeah I'm not even sure the christmas break was that long was no, it it no. probably was no i don't think it was interesting hmm yeah but it was it's been it's been a long break and did they disappoint with her, what they had to show no, they did not. There is a lot okay. of excitement and there's a lot of good stuff in this.
1: There's some good stuff, but I I don't know how excited I am. We'll get to that when we get to the end. Alright. Let's go bit by bit. Do you want to start or do you want me to start?
0: Um I'll start. Go on. The Night Wave season two ends on October the thirteenth. They will have a week off before the intermissions begin, so that is that's a thing. It that's is simple. A thing.
1: So, the next thing I'll touch on very quickly, but we'll come back to it at the end of this discussion. So, it is about Empyrean, so you'd think we'd spend a lot more time on it, but we will talk a little bit more about it later. Empyrean is going to, or is planned to release in three phases, the first being Dry Dock, the second being Take Flight, and the third being tentatively called Find Answers. We don't know really what anything of this means. We know that the Dry Dock will just be the Dry Dock. The Take Flight section will be when we actually start manning it, but Find Answers, who knows... Uh, there's still no target dates, so we'll come back bow bow. to the Empyrean discussion at the end.
0: Yes. Now, there was a number of questions asked at the beginning of the dev stream, so starting off with the first question, Meli 3.0. Uh, there's still some work ongoing, aiming to be complete with certain stance and channeling components by the end of the month, so keep an eye out for a workshop post. Uh-huh. Oh so, Interesting. Yes.
1: The second question was around whether or not they had a release schedule for Q4. Um, The answer was pretty simple. No, we don't have a schedule, (laughs) but the Railjack phases represents the rest of the year is something they said, which makes me realize that Lucas is probably right. And the new war is probably not going to be releasing in December.
0: Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) Question three, entertaining someone for seven years. This one was an interesting question. Uh, and they're trying to bring in more surprises to push players out of their comfort zone. And this this is the general goal for this. Just pushing people out of their comfort zone and changing up the way the game works. So that question and the
1: next one was actually thrown in there by Rebecca herself. Um, and it was really targeted at, I guess, there's a lot of dissension, especially amongst longer term players at the moment. So basically the question was, what are you guys going to do to keep people coming back or staying so more surprises ooh, yay ooh, i'm okay yes, with that definitely her next question was and this was another interesting one what do you think is the most valid current cri- criticism of the game and steve was very blunt and he said we're overdue for content and we need to make good on our promises so kudos to steve for saying that because it is 100 percent true and clearly they realize that but at the same time they don't want to push out shit just for shit's sake so good on yeah them. still want stuff but you know, happy to wait if it's going to be
0: better. Yes. Now the next one was a bit of an interesting one, and I, I don't know how I feel about this, but basically, Axilius mods for weapons. Considered uh, they've been considering adding a utility slot for primary and secondary weapons, so that some more utility mods can be used. Uh, they'll also be adding the ability to have more uh, build and appearance configs, up to six each, that will be purchasable by platinum. So there's a there's, there's a bit of a a bit to take away from that um that spot there. I mean, there's two new things that you can buy with platinum and exilious mod slots for primary and secondary weapons.
1: Yeah, so I mean they, they referred to them as Exilus mod slots, but they're not really going to be Exilus mod slots. I don't think that will fit into the lore. But it will have the same effect on the weapon, allowing you to put an extra mod on that will be limited to certain types of mods. Yeah. They referred to it as, you know, like you said, the utility mods. What that means specifically, we don't know. They did show that, I think it was Hush they used, or Silent Battery.
0: The, yeah, the shotgun one, Silent Battery.
1: Yeah, they used the, the shotgun silencing mod. Uh, So obviously those mods are fit into the utility and I would imagine that things like uh, anything that's going to work on your ammo maximum, ammo capacity, reload speed, all that kind of stuff is probably going to fit into the utility piece. Personally, I like the idea because I both like and dislike the idea because I like the fact that at the moment there's only eight mod slots and you've got to bloody choose whether or not you want reload speed or more damage. But... I also like the idea of the, of the fact that they know that you're going to build for more damage regardless and just take that limited reload speed. So why not give a, a slot where you can choose to put some sort of utility onto the uh, to the weapon after you've maxed it out, and that can sort of make it a little bit your own. Yeah. Whether you increase the reload speed or you increase the rate of fire or whatever, you do specifically to make it a little bit more towards your own taste so i kind of like it for that reason but at the same time i like the limitations that we've got at the moment yeah
0: it is a bit of an interesting one um they did say that this will also come to melee at a later date after melee 3.0 is released so yeah
1: more things one thing one thing i'll say about the um the more build and appearance configs i hope that you don't buy them per Warframe or per weapon.
0: I feel that like they would are. Be ridiculous. I, I feel like that's what they're going to be.
1: Because if they're going to be 20 Platinum for one additional slot per weapon or Warframe, there's 370. It'd be nice if they just made it. You can buy an additional slot for primary weapons, an additional slot for Warframes, an additional slot for
0: melee weapons. Mm.
1: Cuz that's, you know,
0: it's a lot. It is. Personally, I don't really see any need for more than three configs so it doesn't bother me
1: i have thought about it every once in a while it has come up a couple of times where i thought fuck i need another one yeah i just think it's i don't know how i feel about it so we'll see we'll see how it comes out at the end of this month so um on that note there will be so the next main line is expected in uh october And it's going to include all of this stuff, including the Ember Rework and the Vauban Rework that we're about to talk about, as well as a spooky event. And there's going to be a Bat Ephemera that will come as part of the event. And that looks pretty cool. Uh, So I'm expecting there's going to be a lot of Batmans.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: Or Batman, what's the right term? (laughs) Bat people. Bat folk. Um, <laughs> anyway, it will include Grendel as well. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that will be coming with this. I'm looking forward to the spooky event. It sounds like it's going to be different to last year's too,
0: Yay! It? Last year's was good. I so, like last year's one.
1: Last year's was good, but it did feel a bit half-baked. And considering what they did with Dog Days. whatever it was called, Dog yep. Days. Uh, yeah, I think they've got some, some other ideas and it sounded like they said, it depends how, how long you last. Mm. So it sounds like it's going to be some sort of endless thing.
0: Yes, cool. looking we'll forward see. to it. On to the juicy, meaty parts of it all, and starting off with the Ember rework. Now, before we actually touch on all the details of this, what is your, what was, what was your overall opinion on this rework? I like it because there's certain things I like about it. Mm-hmm. The
1: first three, well, the first ability, I don't know, I wish they had a changed it. The second and third abilities, they've added damage reduction, so they've added some survivability and they've added some CC for her, which is really good. Her fourth ability, it looks amazing, but I want to
0: see how it works in game. Yeah. I'm actually glad they, they kept the uh, first ability the same, to be honest, so I can keep my sniper fireball build. <laughs> But anyways, let's jump in and talk about this. Starting off with her passive that is getting a complete rework. Thank fuck. <laughs> Ember's new passive it allows her to gain ability strength based on the number of enemies that are on fire around her. That's 5% uh, of an of a ability strength increase per enemy within 10 meters. That's pretty good. I like that.
1: Yeah. They did say they were testing those numbers, but I reckon those numbers are actually- pretty fair because 10 meters is fairly limited yeah and they don't stay on fire forever so
0: i reckon that's i feel like i feel like like status duration may actually be viable when it comes to ember yeah Mm. yes with this passive definitely
1: so i think that's a good passive her first ability is still going to be fireball and you can they're basically going to rework it so that you can spam it a little bit more so don't know what they meant by that. I think it means that you can, uh, that they're probably going to reduce the animation. Well, the animation
0: for it was so ridiculously ridiculous. long. So if that's the case, yay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what they yeah. meant. That's viable. That's viable. Uh, Immolation, the new second ability, uh, will give a 50% damage reduction. So that is fantastic. We now have survivability. And that's at base. At that base, yeah, exactly right, at base. Uh, it has a new fire meter, which will sit just above the energy and abilities in the bottom uh, right corner, uh, which will increase the damage output um, as the bar increases. Yeah, and it increases the damage reduction. Even better. Damage reduction and damage so- output increased as the bar gets bigger. Fantastic. I like that. Yeah. That's cool. So, And I think I
1: think the bar increases as you have people on fire. So, using her first ability and her fourth ability lacks people on fire. Uh, but her third ability apparently uses the immolation gauge. Yeah. Yeah. And the interesting thing about immolation, I don't know how it's going to work, but it seems like it's a turn on, turn off ability. Yeah.
0: I mean, it, uh, they also did mention that there's going to be a, a bit of a down, uh, a bit of a uh, penalty to it. So, if you let the bar... Get full and overheat, then you'll end up doing like a massive AOE blast uh, around you. And it uh, what they what they're talking about at the moment is if this occurs, a hundred percent energy. Loss. Oh, okay. So, the way they want you to play this is they want you to juggle your abilities, you know, throw a fireball, throw a world on fire, use Fire Blast to reduce the whole thing, and try and keep it balanced while Immolation is active. Otherwise, 100% energy loss. Interesting.
1: Alright, so, th- her third ability is Fire Blast, so it's still the same kind of thing where she smashes the ground and a big wall of fire goes out from her in, in all directions. But... It's less about just doing damage and more about stripping armor and doing crowd control now. So it knocks enemies back, it stuns them, it makes them go ragdolling in certain cases, and it strips their armor, which is super, super cool. Completely uses up the immolation gauge. So I guess if you're getting towards the top of the immolation gauge, you could use that uh, and it can use it up for you.
0: Yeah. And it's also important to note that it's no longer going to be a duration-based ability.
1: Yes, So it's not going to go out to a ring and then sit there.
0: Yeah. Now the fourth ability, World on Fire, uh, best described as Inferno. And this is fantastic. Uh, So now no longer will it be turn on and walk around, watch things spontaneously combust. No, it's now a target at your enemy, activate it and watch a bunch of massive fireballs fall from the sky onto their heads uh, as a single cast ability and this one actually does have a duration to it, I noticed, um, as the fire that is left behind will remain active on the enemies for a- the duration of the ability. And if those enemies get in contact with any other enemies that don't have the fire proc on them, the fire spreads. So it's basically um, the fire version of Saren.
1: Yeah. And that's that's pretty cool. I like it. The reason I put Inferno in there, Lucas, is because when they cast it, I noticed it said that. So, I didn't know whether they changed the name of World on Fire to Inferno.
0: Ah, fair enough. Uh,
1: but I think that's probably a placeholder. They're probably deciding what they're doing there. Yes, here, so. yes. And that's pretty cool. And there, there is one other thing that they talked about. There are likely going to be some changes to the heat proc that come alongside this rework. Because as far as they're concerned, when things are on fire... It should be stripping their armor, so melting, melting their armor. Yeah, but the effect is the same. But you're right; that's what it comes down to. The, the it looks like it's going to now be an innate effect of the heat proc. So not only will be will corrosive be the only way to strip armor.
0: Yeah, and that's actually quite interesting. So now, now I don't know. If that's Going to stay that way. I mean, they did say that they're kind of testing it at the moment. They don't know if they want it to be a permanent armor strip, or if it's just going to be a duration-based armor strip. So we'll have to wait and see what they decide to do with the heat proc. Indeed. So that's
1: that's Ember. I think it it looks pretty good. Especially, I like the the damage reduction piece and armor stripping and and crowd control that she does. Yeah. Uh, she was just a, a glass a cannon, weird and weak glass cannon slash didn't really do a lot of high damage output after they nerfed her world on fire. So she was not much in the end. So now she's actually got some utility, which I think is good, but I'd like to actually play her. I'm
0: reserving my judgment. Yeah. I'm, I think this, this is a actually really good change. The, the direction of this change is fantastic. So we'll definitely be looking forward to playing around with her when that, when those changes roll out. Hell yeah. Yes. Speaking of rollers, <laughs> uh-huh. more segues, <laughs> Vorman Rework. Now, do you want to start with this one? I feel like you should start with this one. I'll start with this one.
1: His passive will be staying the same. Uh, at the moment, he has a 20 per- 25% damage increase if enemies are immobilized, and that's going to continue working based on changes
0: that they've made. So, yeah. Woo. I think they also said it's going to work even better with the changes that they're making. And yeah, honestly, so I'm going to agree. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So first ability Tesla will now be a rolling drone of which you can cast up to four and these will latch onto enemies and crowd control them with their electricity voltageness. ness uh, When the enemy they're attached to dies they will seek out another enemy or follow you around and now when I say seek out an enemy they latch onto the closest enemy to them. So this is Awesome! I love this idea. Um, they're not—they're—they're they're kind of playing around with the numbers at the moment. Whether or not it's going to remain as four, and you can't boost that, or or anything—that's still in the works. But I think I think this this is actually a really cool new first ability.
1: Yeah, I think it's much better for for him. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I didn't mind his his Tesla grenades. They didn't do much damage, but they were kind yeah. of fun. So I'm glad that they're sticking sticking kind with of staying the, yeah, the sticking with
0: the the um.
1: The theme, yeah, it's good. I was surprised that they were sticking with the theme with number two as well. So his second ability is still mind layer, but in the past his minds were fucking weird. He had his bounce traps and he had a
0: bloody tripwire and Uh, concussion and a frag bomb.
1: I can understand where they were coming from with that because you know he was, I guess he was kind of like an engineering. He was like a Batman, and they wanted him to have a freaking
0: utility belt. The utility
1: belt. But it didn't work in Warframe because it doesn't work in Warframe. So, they've changed his traps to be far more useful. So, the first one, he did give it a name. I forgot what it was. But it's, it's a sticky trap that you put down that actually pulls enemies in. So, it's just a little glowing... It's kind of like a fly catcher. little glowing square on the ground that just grabs enemies and pulls them in and sticks them to the ground. Yeah. So, that's pretty cool.
0: It is. It's really it's really nice.
1: I like that idea. The second one was a nail grenade. So, you throw it, it stays in one place and just fires gra- uh, nails out in different directions over a period of time.
0: Much like how the Azima secondary fire works.
1: Yes. Good Good example. Um, it didn't seem to be doing a lot, so I don't know where, the, where that goes. The yeah. third one is really weird and interesting. I think it's maybe still a little bit too gimmicky. But it's a speed boost. You basically put down a wipeout speed pad on the ground and when you jump on it, you go and you boost forward. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's not. We'll find out.
0: (laughs) Very trolly. Yeah.
1: Yes. Very trolly. So I think some people will love that. And the last one was a damage amp. So it's a a thing you throw out and it attaches to either yourself or other players and gives you a damage boost. So I wasn't quite sure exactly how that's going to work. And I'm not sure the is either. Hmm. To be honest, it sounded like the Vorben rework is not complete, whereas the Ember rework was pretty much finished and they were still sort of working
0: on Vorben to finalize. Yes, yes. That's the feeling I got. Yeah, kind of got that feeling a little bit as well. But the third ability, uh, Orbital Strike, the new... Cannon from the heavens. This this ability is actually amazing visually, and I'm hoping it's going to be Mm. stat-wise as well. Uh, So, basically, you lay down a target and call down a massive orbital strike that does high damage. They did state that this damage will scale with enemy levels. That's a really important part. Oh, yes. And that's fantastic, actually, because
1: there's not too many uh, frames out there that do have abilities that scale with enemy level So, this could be good. Oh, yes. It could be real good. I like it. All right, his last ability is, of course, uh, a mix of Bastille and Vortex. So, a quick cast will throw out a little bomb thing that will create a Bastille cage. (laughs) Electrical cage that will float enemies and CC them. An armor strip this time. So it's going to strip armor, which is pretty cool. They also mentioned it was going to have a team buff, but I don't know if that was basically all they meant was the team buff is that it's going to strip the enemy armor. Don't know because they didn't really elaborate on that. A long So you can actually throw out multiple Bastilles. A long cast will turn the first Bastille that was thrown out into a Vortex and pull in all the other Bastilles, which was pretty cool. Um, otherwise, if even if you haven't thrown out any Bastilles, you can do a long cast to cast a Vortex wherever you're pointing. And I assume there's only one vo- Vortex at a time. So I think it's pretty cool, especially the fact that Bastille now going to strip armor. It's going to be much more useful. And the fact that you can collapse it into a Vortex and then just do an orbital strike on those little mongrels is going to be absolutely fantastic. So I think that's a really good four, fourth ability. Yeah. Don't know whether you should swip, sw- switch three and four. Don't know which one's a better ability, but damn!
0: Yeah, it, it I think, I think they're both pr- um, they both kind of have enough of a um, advanced kind of feel to them where they could both fit the fourth section so that's, that's pretty, yeah. pretty interesting. But yes. Indeed, indeed. That, so what do you think of Auburn overall? I'm honestly still on the fence like it's definitely a hell of a lot better than what we have but I'm still not feeling it like yeah, i still
1: not feeling mind
0: layer. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, uh, still sounds gimmicky to me. Yeah,
0: I I do like the idea of the damage amp. I think that will basically become the staple of of mind uh, layer. Like, yeah. not really caring about the other three much. Um,
1: Why do you need a sticky trap when you've got Bastille?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, energy cost for one, I, the the sticky trap would be a lot cheaper. Still, yeah, but yes. Um,
1: yeah. So, I don't know, I I really like the changes that they've done to his one, three, and four, but I'm really disappointed that they've left traps in for number two. I think they should have just scrapped it completely, but still, you know, plenty of frames have only two, sometimes three viable abilities, so I'm not going to complain. I think this will actually make him much more viable overall.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, again, we'll have to wait and see. Yes. Exciting times, though. Much exciting, uh, especially with Titania Deluxe skin nearly ready for release. Uh, it's a pretty moff skin. It's the one they showed off at TennoCon. It actually looks pretty good. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm actually kind of down for this.
1: Yeah, we, we weren't that impressed when we saw it at TennoCon.
0: Yeah. But in-game,
1: it looks fucking good. It <laughs> does. I like the way that the antennae quivered.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it looks fluffy. Like it, yeah. it doesn't just look like the plain normal texture. It actually looks fluffy. And I like that. I like it. So bring it. Yeah. And some changes will be coming to Titania as well. Uh, but only minor. So the, one of her tribute buffs will be, uh, revamped a little bit and razor flies will now be able to collect the tribute buffs. So that is a handy little change. I uh, didn't catch the details on what that tribute buff change is, but,
1: yeah, changes. Neither well, did I. In fact, you ca- you caught more details than I did, and that's kind of why I, I am glad that you were covering that piece. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know more about how she works. All right. Next up, they showed off Grendel again. They didn't do much with him. They just mentioned that, of course, he's going to be the headline new Warframe for the next mainline update, which is due out later this month, which the- was already said. Yep. So, yeah. This is the exciting stuff, though.
0: Uh, next one's a big one with Kuva Lich. Now, they showed off some of the details of different kinds of Kuva liches that can be generated with weaknesses and unique weapons with different bonuses. By taking out the lich, you can acquire their unique weapons. Dun, dun, dun! That's super cool. Uh, Unique weapons are procedural and can rank higher than 30 uh, and can have unique bonuses. These do not count towards mastery rank. What do you have to say about that, Greg? I'm interested.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested. I'd like to see where it goes. They didn't show a lot more than just certain weapons having elemental damage added to them. I'm hoping it's more than just that.
0: I also hope this. It's, it's really feeling like this is coming together as a, as a, as a proper end game feeling, um, mechanic. I'm, I'm loving every part of it. So you will also be able to convert liches who can then help save you in times of trouble. So if you decide to kill them, you get their weapon. If you decide to save them, they become your ally that will randomly spawn during missions. That that is so freaking cool. It is really, really gives you choice about how you want to go about it. On navigation, you will be able to see how your nemesis lich is spreading their influence across the system, which becomes another target in the game. That's really cool. That's kind of represented by, like, blood blotches on the map, which was interesting. I'm not sure if I like that uh, that aesthetic, but okay. By doing so, you will learn how to kill or convert them. Uh, and this will, of course, involve the next part, which you're going to talk about, Greg.
1: Yes. But a little bit of uh, elaboration on that. So basically, what they what you see, like you said, you see the blood splotches spreading out. So uh, I think the example was on Venus, and you saw that there was a blood splotch from the ship that he was in that went down to certain nodes on Venus. And what you need to do is go to those nodes, clear out the nodes to clear out the followers that are in there, and you gain information by clearing out the followers and when then you can use that information to go kill or convert them. So that's super cool. And how do you kill them? You use the data blade. So they showed off that in the past we were talking about the little blade that comes out Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed style from the Warframes wrist, I suppose. Uh, it's used for a couple of things. One of them is for hacking, just to make it a cooler-looking animation. But the main thing it's used for is to perform finishes on the Kuva Lich in the final confrontation. Uh, so that is going to be super, super cool. All cool things. Indeed. And uh, is this the last note? I've got to scroll. Yes, the last note about this uh, Kuva Lich piece is that you will be able to, or they're they're potentially going to add the chance to share kuva lich targets within your clan so you can sort of post them to a bounty board uh, if you don't want that randomly generated kuva lich enemy Um, so you can go eh, i don't need another electric stubber i'm going to post this guy up and see if anyone else in the clan is chasing for this particular role which i think is cool yeah now, some of the weapons that we did see in there that people might be interested in—they all looked like, of course, Grenier weapons. That makes
0: perfect sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was a comb with different kinds of damage. There was stubber,
0: Quartak, tonkor.
1: Yes, tonkor was interested in. What's that gun that everybody loves to hate? Secondary, kraken. Yeah, <laughs> kraken. The kraken. So there was a whole bunch of different weapons that that can can roll with elemental damage on it. Uh, I'd love I'm to see. I'm hoping
0: they kind of expand and use all of the uh, Grineer-based weapons, because I really would like to get myself a set of uh, specially crafted twin croakers.
1: Well, they did say that this wasn't going to be added to melee as
0: yet. But they did also have that interesting scythe.
1: Oh no, they did. What, did. what was it they didn't say wasn't going to be added to melee? Ah, that was the Exilus mods for weapons.
0: Yeah. Yes. They're not
1: adding that until they've done melee 3.0. But yes, they are going to have weapons. So, you know, I don't see why they wouldn't add all of them eventually. Plus, when they roll out the corpus, that'll bring corpus weapons into it with multiple rolls as well. I just, again, I really hope it's more than just the elemental damage that's added. It'd be nice to have a special once-off thing that's only on that weapon. A completely random roll. Because, I mean, some of the enemies also had a, a, a quirky little thing about them. You know, yeah. Uh, one of them was cautious. One of them was uh, has poor balance, <laughs> so they keep yep. falling over. So these little things. So if if the enemies can roll with those, it'd be awesome if the weapons can as well. One little quirk.
0: Even if it's just stuff like in, uh, slightly increased reload speed, or yeah. you know, more ammo to the to the chamber, or you know, just just stuff that actually. Yep. Utility stuff, literally utility stuff, Yeah. because not only then will we have random generated weapons, but then you also have random generated mods, the rivens to fit into them. So you can have like a completely distorted weapon that is literally built purely for you. No one else will have it.
1: Yeah. Love it. Love the idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we are really excited about that. Love to see where it's going to go.
0: It's still a little while away, but if I can bring it. Bring it on. Bring it So many good things. Next up, they have introduced, well, they're going to introduce the new vampiric kavat, Uh And this will be a part of the con- uh, conservation system at night on the plains. Eventually, players will be able to acquire the vampire cat at a later date. They didn't specif- uh, specify how. They did mention, though, however, that think of how vampirism works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't give much away because, you know, that's exactly what happens with Nidus and his dearly being spread as a little disease. So.
0: Yeah. But the thought I'm actually getting is, do you have to take your cavat to these locations to then have them interact with a vampire oh, yeah. and, and get bitten by the contract it like that? <laughs> if that's the case, like what happens if you accidentally go along with, with your cavat and you don't want it to actually become a vampire? Yeah, exactly. Like, Mm.
1: maybe it can be cured but we'll see i I hope so we'll see all right and now the rest was just a sort of wrap up of everything uh where they were touching on all of the things that people really want to hear about and of course they mentioned the new war it is of course still being worked on they're feverishly trying to get through it they want to release it as much as all of us want to play it and there will be more info
0: on it in future dev streams, and that's all I had to say on that. Yep. Uh, Imperium, as discussed, gradual rollout with major changes across the game with new systems. Um, so, yeah, just pretty much what we've been talking about. Yeah. So, out.
1: because because it is major system, major changes to the game and major new systems that are going to be brought in, they're taking it slowly, but... You Know the way they were talking about it, it's yeah, probably going to be worth our excitement. Probably, yes, don't prob- disappoint us, dear. Prob- prob-
0: <laughs> I no, do it,
1: and then they mentioned Melee 3.0 again, but this time they said that Melee 3.0 or the, the stuff that they've been working on for Melee 3.0 should be releasing around the same time as the Kuva Liches will release. Uh, and earlier in the episode, they mentioned that the Kuva Liches are expected to be releasing alongside the part two, the Take Flight section of Empyrean so hmm I'm still getting a feeling that maybe with this Grendel update that's when we'll also get the dry dock piece
0: oh please Please. hoping
1: (laughs) if it doesn't come with that
0: there'll be a audible sigh from the entire community but what can we do yeah the next one very interesting uh cross-save mm-hmm. is something that they are looking into uh, and will continue to move for uh, towards, but there's no fee- further details on this for now, um, and they're, n- they're not even going to look at cross-play at the moment, so cross-save may be a thing to look forward to in the future. Cross-save I think definitely
1: will be, so they've already done all of the investigation that needed to be done. Now Steve's got to read through what he called a 20-page document. To see what the issues they're going to run into and what decisions they need to make to make it work yeah and then they'll just do it but he, he specifically said we haven't even started investigating pro- crossplay and we're not going to be doing it anytime soon so interestingly there was a lot of people talking about how uh, Sony has finally opened up the ability to to allow developers to crossplay now uh, and a lot of people were reaching out to D saying so crossplay when. It's not that simple, and I, I was talking to someone on the uh, on Twitter who was saying, "Well, it is. You can just flick a flick a button, and and it'll it'll." No, for games like Fortnite that were designed for crossplay, it is really simple. But for a game like Warframe that was designed seven years ago as a completely separate game across different platforms, it is not easy to implement crossplay. Yeah. So, give them time. Don't be bitchy about it. They'll do what they've got to do, but it might take time. We want it to work, people. Yeah. It'd be fucking awesome, though.
0: It would be. <laughs> Not going to lie. It would be awesome.
1: And the last thing they showed off was what they're calling the Masseter, which is Grendel's signature weapon. It is a Crankshaft Greatsword. Picture that how you will. You probably can't, so go watch the dev stream, and you'll see it at the end, and it makes sense. It looks pretty amazing. It also looks like a kebab. And as a result, is probably going to be my favourite sword. I love kebabs.
0: I'm not down for it.
1: Why you don't like kebabs?
0: I don't like the design. Well, it's okay to be wrong, Lucas. I also don't like the the placeholder stats that they've got on it at the moment. Oh, I didn't see the stats. Yeah, well, it's, it's looking like it's going to be. Uh, uh, you can tell by the design alone, but the stats are putting predominantly impact as the main damage type. And I'm kind of like, no, I don't. I don't like that. Yeah, fair enough. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense in that case. Anyway. Uh, there was one other final thing they did show off uh, right at the very end, how they wanted to close oh, out. They did too. Yes. Uh, just a sneak preview at a, a little bit of an animation that they kind of put um, alongside the uh, finding answers part mm. of the, uh, of Imperium. Um this looked pretty interesting. It was it was Arkwing flying through um an asteroid belt and then landing at a big citadel-looking structure. Yes. My initial thoughts was is Imperium going to be tied to the, the new war? war?
1: That's what I was thinking as well.
0: Mm. It looks to me like the third part
1: might be a lead-in into the new war.
0: Yes. So, so you
1: to put that note. So thank you for remembering
0: this. Yeah, it's all good. So, yes, interesting things to come for sure. So many good things. Looking forward to it.
1: Hell, yeah. It uh, So, at the start of this discussion, I said I wasn't sure how I felt about it. The Kuva Lich part is amazing. Oh, yes. <laughs> but I was still a little bit disappointed by the very light touch we had on Empyrean.
0: Yeah. Give us it already. Must play. Yeah. Must be Space Pirate.
1: I'm looking forward to the Ember and Vorbin reworks, but... You know, from my opinion, from my perspective, they should have been a secondary part of the discussion. I would have probably even preferred if they made the Kuva Lich a larger piece of that presentation and the Ember and Robin a smaller piece. But yeah, you know, overall, it is pretty good what they showed off. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm just getting frustrated. I've got to take deep breaths and listen to my own advice. It's okay. Let them. We need
0: Imperium. We need it we now.
1: Keep <laughs> We do. Yes. Let's just keep on keep on trucking through this episode because it's a it's a big beauty into our beginner and advanced topic now this topic this week is actually suggested by one of our discord users, so this was suggested by Jimbo Slice, who asked if uh we have ever thought of having a discussion about warframe or gaming or whatever for parents. I thought this was a really interesting question, so I decided to do that for this very topic tonight. Now, not all of you out there listening are parents, and I apologize, but maybe one day you will be. So listen on, listen on. But of course, all of us have different uh, personal lives as well. So this will not just apply to parents, but basically anyone that has limited time. Here we go, but focused on parents. (laughs) As a parent, you'll likely have a limited amount of time on your hands. Uh, Of course, this depends on how many kids you have, how old they are, if you really actually love them. And so on, but in general, you won't have much time on your hands. So how do you juggle family time and Warframe time? A lot of this is really up to you and it's it's how you and your partner live your own lives. But let me share the way that I did it, at least until my kids were a little older. Now they're fairly self-sufficient because, you know, they sit in their room and read books or play their tablets or whatever. So anyway, when my kids were tiny little babies, it was pretty easy for me. I've got to be honest. I could watch YouTube while cradling my little kitties in my arms and bottle feeding them. Um, so I could keep up to date on certain tips and builds. I used to back in that day, I wasn't actually a Warframe player I was a destiny player. So <laughs> I used to sit there and watch uh, a lot of destiny videos. Uh, and when I wasn't holding a baby, so when I was putting them down to sleep, I used to keep either the bassinet or the cot or whatever. I was sleeping in. I'd keep that close by and I'd play the game with headphones in so that um, it wouldn't annoy the baby and my wife could sleep and so would the baby and I could play games. Of course, the problem with that is you do need to be attentive to the baby. If the baby wakes up, it's going to cry. So you don't need to, you don't want to be playing anything that's long, long winded. Uh, So I really recommend just doing some basic quests, something that's quick, uh, over and done with easy and and quickly. Uh, Anything that takes time or requires concentration may not be good if you need to throw the controller down to calm that crying baby or to change a messy nappy. Now a nappy is what we call a diaper in Australia for our happy American friends. So there you go, a little bit of Australian education. As kids get older, they do get a little bit more difficult, I have to be honest. So as they are able to start walking and crawling and all that kind of stuff, they just get everywhere and break things and pull things off tables and it's painful. And I tended to need to wait until they went to bed at night before I could even pick up a controller. And usually this would leave me with one or two hours to play per night. So with a game like Warframe that requires hundreds of hours, how do you progress? So I've just got a few tips in point form. Maybe this will apply to a lot of you out there that don't have much time. First point is have a plan. Don't just go willy-nilly and go crazy. Have a plan. Do you want to get to the end of the war within ASAP? There's your plan. Do you want to be Eidolon or Orb Mother Ready? There's your plan. Whatever it is, it's best to have a plan as that will guide your time. Important. Now, depending on your plan, you'll need to do one of two things or both. Starting with the easiest, you should map out what you need to do. So, you might have some quests or missions or whatever, and work your way along that path. Look forward a little down the path to see what barriers you might run into. So, there might be a junction, for example, uh, or there might be standing requirements in order to build certain items that you need, etc., 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 and make sure you include that in your longer term plan. This will make the creation of mini goals possible. So each night you can have a target. Tonight I want to unlock Jupiter, for example, or tonight I want to finish the second dream or Natar or whatever. Next little bit is to figure out a warframe and weapon combo that can get you through your immediate goals. Based either on what you already have or what you can easily acquire. For example, perhaps one of the junction requirements you have, and this is definitely one of the requirements, Complete 15 waves of defense at Stoffler on Lua. Not only will this take a lot of time and effort, but if you don't have friends to help, you're going to need some good gear to get you through. In fact, when I first did this, I needed Lucas to help me. So another goal can be leveling, farming, and building specific weapon and warframe builds that can help you cruise through difficult tasks without too much trouble. But again... If that is going to be one of your goals, it should be one of your nightly goals to level up certain Warframe or level up a certain, uh, weapon so that you can fit a certain mod onto it, etc. Just do a few things per night. Don't go crazy, but make sure you at least achieve your daily goal. If you don't have a goal and you feel like you don't actually make any progress, then you will get bored and you probably move on. Depending on your, your goals as well, ignore Nightwave unless of course that is your goal. <laughs> Don't let anything get away in achieving those goals that you make. So these are just some little guides, uh, that I thought up in the end, you'll still need help here and there from different players. And once you get to end game, things are going to change even more. Uh, you may want to progress with the, the quills or b- build a bunch of Zors or mowers or whatever. You might want to do the sorties every day and so on. And for these purposes, because they are specific, you'll probably need to work on creating a range of weapon and Warframe builds that can help you do different tasks. But in the end, the advice is still the same. Have a plan, make smaller goals, and try to achieve one goal in every play session. That's my advice to Woo! parents or people with limited time. What do you think, Lucas? Well done.
0: Good. It's all good advice. <sighs> Thank like- you. Okay. Advanced topic. Go for it. You do it. All right. Advanced topic. Tonight's advanced topic is proudly brought to you by Derpa Chief from Discord. Blood Rush versus Weeping Wounds. Okay, so when looking at builds around status chance on melee weapons, the norm is to look at dual stat mods that offer plus 60% status increase and a plus 60% damage increase. However, when looking at a melee build for crit chance, things take a different turn. Here's, uh, there's, here's there's mods like Blood Rush that come into the mix, where the combo multiplier feeds an increase into the crit chance. The higher the combo, the higher the crit chance. Now Status Chance does in fact have a similar mod called Weeping Wounds, yet this mod seems to be less likely to appear in generalized builds. So today we shall explore and compare these mods, their mechanics, and the potential reasoning behind the lack of Weeping Wounds. So let's start by looking at the mods in question and their respective stats along with how to obtain, starting with Blood Rush. And we're gonna work backwards from normal. Blood Rush is obtained from the Lua Spy Mission's uh, first Vault Hack. So you you don't have to get all three, you just need the first one. And this is a 12.18% chance at obtaining. In addition, it can also be obtained from the Acolytes, Misery with a 3.7% chance and Torment with a 22.22% chance. Now for the numbers. Blood Rush at max offers a uh, 165% increase to crit chance for each level of combo multiplier. So what does that mean? Well, it means the more you hit, the higher your chances are for dealing critical damage. The earliest this can hit 100% is if your crit chance is 30%, and you reach a 1.5 combo multiplier after five hits within the timeframe. Good numbers are good. Weeping Wounds. So following suit, Weeping Wounds can only be obtained from Acolyte, Mania, 22.22% and Misery, 3.7%. Weeping Wounds does require less leveling than Blood Rush. However, at max, Weeping Wounds offers plus 45% increase to status chance for each level of the combo multiplier. It's pretty much the same premise. The earliest this can reach 100% status chance is if you have a 60% status at base uh, and on a 1.5 combo multiplier. So again, 5 consecutive hits within the timeframe. Okay, so now we have our mods, let's look at the limits of these mechanics starting with status. Status chance is the chance to inflict debuffs or damage over time to enemies these debuffs are reliant on the damage type affiliated with the weapon you're using, so you can't dish out the slash proc if you don't have the slash damage. Simple. Status chance also uh, caps out at 100% because there are no benefits for more than a guaranteed proc on every hit. Now, to apply this with Weeping Wounds, as stated before, you need 60% status chance to hit 100% the quickest. This means two things. First, you need to boost your status chance to a point that is at least the 60% mark, meaning other mods will be needed for the boost, possibly 2 or 3 depending on the starting stat chance, and secondly, once you hit the 1.5 combo, that's it, any higher means virtually nothing when applied to status. Sure, the damage increases with higher combo, and if combined with Condition Overload and Drifting Contact, your status debuffs increase your damage further, but the same could be said if you instead maxed uh, status chance with the dual stat mods that offer additional damage and status types. Now, Critical Chance works in a very similar manner, where the higher the chance, the more prominent you are to deal additional damage based off the weapon's crit multiplier, but the biggest difference is that the crit chance does not have a cap. The reason for the lack of a cap is tied to crit multiplier. So for example, let's look at the Distressor Rapier. Crit chance of 20%, crit multiplier of 2x. This means at base we have a 20% chance of dealing double damage. So what happens at let's say 150% crit chance with a 2x multiplier? Well, because we are over the 100% mark, it means every hit is going to be a critical hit, but we also move into the second tier of the crit chance, best identified by the color of the damage numbers. Second tier crit or orange crit is between 100% and 200% crit chance. So again, back to the 150% crit. This means we have a 50% chance at a normal yellow crit, or a 50% chance at hitting the lovely orange crits, which will increase the crit multiplier by the base of itself, taking the two times and turning into a four times the damage. Now, because there is no limit to cap, we look again at Blood Rush. Still using that two times crit multiplier, if we start at 100% crit chance, Blood Rush will jump the crit up to 347% chance at the 1.5 combo multiplier. Now two things happen at this stage. First, the combo multiplier increases the base modded damage by half of its value. This is until melee 3.0 as they've talked in the past. And secondly, the crit multiplier increases to match the crit tier between tier 3 and tier 4, turning the 2x multiplier into either a 6x or 8x the damage it looks a lot better on on paper. While Weeping Wounds is still a viable option for any status melee build, there are certainly other options that fill this mod's role in a more fulfilling degree. However, when it comes to a crit build for melee weapons, Blood Rush easily becomes a stable mod to maximize the damage output to monstrous levels. As a final note, both of these mechanics have their place on the battlefield, and because of this, they should not be viewed as competitive mechanics, but as separate, coexisting methods to destroy your enemies.
1: Indeed they are, especially because one's focused on crit and the other one's focused on status, but your points are extremely valid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very, very valid, and um, it goes to show why Blood Rush is almost a super, super important mod on melee crit builds. Whereas yep. Weeping Wounds is
0: uh, question up to
1: the user. Yeah. Yeah. Kill, cool, kill. Cool, cool. But I mean it also does make sense on certain weapons as well. Weeping wounds, so. Yeah. Certain weapons. Cool. Very good, Lucas. Thank you kindly, sir. You're welcome. Now let us let us move along, because we are getting long in the tooth on this episode, and there's still a few things to get through. So where are we up to, Lucas? We're up to Love letters, letters to, to Disco, Disco Box, Box. Yeah. Now, this one is a bitch of a bitch of a bitch of a one. I love you, Ponytail. <laughs> You're amazing, and you made a little song that I now have to figure out how to sing. I'm pretty sure it's sung to the tune of Oh Christmas Tree, but I don't know for sure. And... <laughs> I've never had to sing in this voice before, so here we go. I did mean to practice this today, but it wasn't until I just saw it now when I realized, oh shit, I never practiced. (laughs) So here we go. Oh, Disco Box, oh, Disco Box, your voice is warm and soothing. When touched by it, I lose my shit. My undies started smoothing. (laughs) So there you go. That was Ponytail's love letter to Disco (laughs) Box. I did make a couple of changes. It was, it was quite entertaining. I pissed myself laughing when I saw that one. <laughs> it was, it was excellent. Um, and you did get yourself a response out of Disco Box as well. Who said that he's glad to have assisted in loosening your bells. <laughs> so, <laughs> so good work, Ponytail. You definitely made me smile. If you'd like to get your love letter to Disco Box read or sung out on the show, <laughs> you know what to do. Send a tweet to at Disco underscore Box on Twitter and use the hashtag CephalonSquared or just copy Cephalon Squared on there uh, so that <laughs> we can see it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely beautiful.
1: <laughs> that was beautiful. Ponytail <gasps> wins so far. All right. Now we do have a little bit of a community call out. This is really a kind of review that we got on Facebook, but um, this particular person really wanted us to read it out on the show. And you know what? I am not one to say no if someone asks for that. So going to read it out. As a result, we're going to skip the community question time this week
0: uh, and just do a couple of other things. Do you want to read this one out, Lucas? Or do you want to do the email later? I can read this one. Yeah. Uh, Robertino Gomez from Facebook. Hey guys, I just started following your podcast and I wanted to say a good job. Your show is very informative and entertaining at the same time. There are still a lot of things that I don't know about Warframe and you help me lessen those things. I will continue to listen to your show and keep the good work.
1: Thank you. Thanks Robertino. Yes. So that, that made me smile and I, I did thank him on Facebook, but, uh, thanks saying thank you to now as well so it's really nice to get uh good positive feedback back from people it's okay to send us uh negative feedback as well if there's anything you don't like about the show or you think we should change feel free to reach out
0: to us yeah we're we're always looking for ways to improve the show so if there's anything that we're doing um that you know people don't particularly like then let us know yeah
1: reach out to us let us know all right quick little reviews update there were no extra reviews Bom, bom.
0: Sad face. So we're still on
1: 90. We still need 10 more before we can do our live stream cast. Uh, I don't think it'll be too long. We can do it, people. Come on. We've got to get um, do it done before Christmas. we got this. Before Christmas. we got this. We can do it. Yeah. All right. So I will read out this one. This is the email that we got a couple of weeks ago that I mentioned um, that was an email review. So this is from someone whose name is Arun. They say... I have a long commute to and from work, and the days where there are Cephalon Squared podcasts to listen to make those commutes that much better. From the wonderful weather banter, to teaching me things about Warframe I didn't know at all, Cephalon Squared has been a mainstay on my podcast list for many months. I don't get much of a chance to interact with Warframers since there aren't too many players around me in India. But Greg and Lucas more than make up for it. Good things are truly good. That's an awesome little
0: review. <laughs> that is. That is That's amazing. Thank you so much.
1: Indeed. So if you are driving right now, doesn't say whether or not you drive yourself. It just says you commute. So if you're on a train or wherever you may be listening to Cephalon Squared, thank you so much for reaching out to us via email. Um, you might be surprised. Maybe there are a whole bunch of people in India who play Warframe. I don't know. But, yeah, even if there aren't, we're glad to to be there. If you do want other people to talk to, feel free to join our our Discord. Jump on there. There's plenty of people talking. We are all... Everyone's a a good person. They're all from different places across uh, the world. So we've got people from the UK. We've got plenty of people from the Netherlands. Uh, We've got people from Canada, America, Australia, of course, and a few Asian countries as well, I'm pretty sure, hiding in there. So, feel free to join. Have a chat. No one's going to pick on you if you feel like uh, your English is your second language and you're worried about that. Don't worry about it. We're here to support and everybody loves to have a good little laugh and uh, talk
0: about Warframe. And good things truly are good. Could not be more correct. Indeed, indeed.
1: All right, so we will close up episode 64 there tonight. Do you have anything else you wanted to say, Lucas?
0: I do not. Beautiful. (laughs) It's been a long episode.
1: It has, it has. So if you want to reach out to us for any reason or if you want to join our Discord or Facebook groups, go on over to CephalonSquared.com. That's where we've got all of our links to all of our good things. Plus, we've got all of our articles that we write as well. Uh, we've got our Warframe 101 tips and Weapon 101s. We've got a whole bunch of guides there. We've got a beginner guide, a media, a mid-game guide. I still haven't finished writing my end-game guide because bloody hell. And yeah, so go check out Cephalon, CephalonSquared.com and let us know what you think. I do need to fix it up. I know it's not ideal on mobile, but we'll get there. We will get there. Give us a rating on your podcast platform. Help spread the the word to let us grow. Uh, but we should, of course, thank our patrons.
0: Let's do that. Let's. Thanks to Rathok. Thank you, Jellybean1799. Thanks, Lord Freezon. Thank you, Logan Neal. Thank you, Danathan. And thank you, Solarian.
1: Indeed. So thank you to you all for continuing to support us and keeping the lights on at Cephalon Squared. If you'd like to support us, head on over to cephalonsquared.com forward slash support uh, and do your bit if you're able to. If you're not, Your bit could simply be sharing us on Reddit or Facebook or Twitter or just making a comment somewhere or giving us a rating on your podcast platform. Whatever it is, all of it helps and we really appreciate it. My name is Great Newbegin. I am Mad
0: Capsules all over the place. Who are you, Lucas? I am Lucas Silvestri and I am Silverlight all over the place. S-I-L-V-R-L-G-H-T. Massive thank you to our lovely community. As I said before, I had a bit of a rough week and a few of our community members reached out to see how I was doing. So thank you so much to those people. You know who you are. It's because of stuff like this. I love this community. So keep being awesome.
1: Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Don't stop being awesome. Yeah. Thank you to Yarn, of course, at Disco underscore Box on Twitter for the intro and outro and his beautiful, glorious voice. Don't forget to sing praises to that voice for our love letter to Disco Box And thank you to you for listening to yet another episode. Tune in in just a few days for the Rhino special on our Warframe minis. Uh, And next week, of course, is episode 65. So we're getting on up there, Lucas. Dun dun dun. Hell yeah. Another lore cast. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm scared of. (laughs) we will get there we will get there all right so we are cephalon squared and we'll be back in a few more days thank you so much bye Bye. thanks for listening to cephalon squared if you'd like to contact us reach out via our website at cephalonsquared.com where you can find us via email facebook twitter or discord but don't fret there'll be more cephalon squared in a few short days So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.